You have to let go of any thoughts of money. Money will come, but if you're chasing money, this will never work. You will never build authenticity or accountability with your audience. And you can't be afraid of being accountable to your audience. And that's where that intimate relationship is. You suddenly become accountable to these people. I'm accountable to these women that I need to give them really good advice so they can feed their families. That's the way I look at it because they are women business owners, oftentimes single moms who are just looking to make a really good living, just like I am. What's up? It's Katie Kremitzos. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. This podcast is here so that you have easy access to education, strategies, and an entire community of fellow women entrepreneurs who are just as ambitious and high performing as you are. I believe that our businesses are vehicles that we get to use powerfully to design lives that are purposeful and profitable. But guess what? That journey is not a straight line, which is why this podcast and the entire Biz Women Rock community exists, because this is where you're going to find how to continue dealing with and showing up for all of those ups and downs along your journey. So welcome. I am so honored that you are here. If you haven't already, I invite you to come join our free private Facebook group, bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. In there, you're going to find thousands of other high-performing women entrepreneurs just like you who are passionate about continuing their business journeys purposefully. So come on and join us. I look forward to getting to know you there. If you want a step-by-step on how to go deeper into your niche so you can reap the massive benefits, then this is the episode to listen to. Ramona Rice is the founder of Spapreneur, a podcast, community, and support for independent women spa owners who are growing their day spas purposefully. She decided to serve this niche because her mom, Lynn Graves, went from owning a studio massage room back in 1996 to now owning a 4,000 square foot day spa that generates over $1 million in massage revenue services every year. And Ramona has spearheaded a lot of that growth through streamlining the systems, building an email list, and creating quality experience for their customers. So in 2016, she and her mom decided to start the Spapreneur podcast to help other independent day spa owners to do business well. That podcast has turned into a thriving Facebook group, a growing email list, and a hungry community who is thankful for the support. During this interview, Ramona dissects the step-by-step of how she got clear on her niche, what she did to build it out intentionally, and how she's been strategically offering products and services that are generating great revenue and serving her niche community. She is brilliant and honestly, a total embodiment of everything that I teach and believe in, which is growing a purposeful and profitable business. This is such a great guide for diving deep into your niche. So enjoy this interview with the amazing Ramona Rice. Ramona, what's going on, girl? Oh, just the usual mom land stuff we were talking about here. 
<laughs> telling you, when moms get together who are also entrepreneurs, like we speak a whole different language than everybody else because <laughs> you have that mom layer and the entrepreneur layer and you're just like, nothing ever stops. But I'm good. It's worth noting for you listening right now because you can't see this. Ramona and I are on Zoom and she literally is in her closet. I'm seeing all of her clothes hanging in the back of her and I think yeah. she went to escape. Like, hey, I just need to get away from the kiddos. <laughs> no, that's why. Seriously, the closet studio, people joke about it. So I'm known in podcasting and Katie knows this for um, podcasting in my closet. The reason I did that, my mentor, I started out in the sports space and he was like, you're, you're just sounds too cavernous. Do you have a closet or somewhere you can go to? So I, we built a desk in my closet and it this is where so I well. podcast. Yeah. So, and I'm about to move. And I told my, I live with my parents. I'm like, I have to continue using the closet <laughs> at least to record because <laughs> the house of moving. Be doesn't, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, mom, can you just bring some clothes down? I'll leave some clothes here. She goes, sure. So, cause she's my <laughs> business partner with the thing we're talking about today. So it actually works. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into the thing that we're talking about today, which mm-hmm. is Spapreneur. Um, tell me why you decided to niche with business owners who own spas. And it's not just business owners that own day spas. It's like independent day spas outside of any franchises for no massage MVs or hand and stone or even like Aveda experiences, which are all great. They all have different places, but we really chose to independent. And, and the story goes like this. 2016, I wanted to leave my corporate job for a lot of different reasons. I was having... you know, I had a major life tragedy and I just needed a change. And so I actually did a mastermind with Chris Ducker from Youpreneur. I'm a Youpreneur member. And I was sitting there with him and I was telling him... I was in the real estate space, Katie. So I was like... I think I want to do something real estate. And he goes, that sounds awful. You don't seem to like that at all. <laughs> and I'm like, of course he did his British accent. That sounds rubbish for Mona. I can't do a British accent. So he told me, he was like, well, you mentioned your mom owns a day spa. Tell me about that. And I started telling him about how my mom in 1996, with no business experience, decided to... She, th- she was a copier sales rep, threw out her back. And she got a really bad massage in her words. She's like, it was a eh, massage. And so um, she decided... I'm going to go to massage school and learn how to give a better massage and be a massage therapist. 36 years old. So that's about the life life age where women like to make some changes. Um, and I was in high school. And so she went to massage school and my stepdad helped her and she did a business plan and she rented one room that used to be a conference room for one of her clients. And people would have to step outside. Like she'd have to step outside into the elements, whether it was rain, sleet, snow, whatever, to um, let them dress and undress. And she charged $25 a massage. Fast forward 22 years later, we now have a 4,000 square foot day spa, 15 treatment rooms, 24 massage therapists, one esthetician, um, a full-time front desk staff. And we make we sell about a little over just in massage services, about a million dollars over massage services in a year. Just in massage services? Just in massage services. We have a client list of about 22,000 in that day spa. So when I was telling Chris this, he was like, okay, you get so excited when you're talking about this. That's who you need to talk to, or day spa people. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, they need this. Because um, you know the industry is filled with a lot of... How do I put this nicely? Mother hens. <laughs> um, you know, you think of massage therapists, they, they can be typically very flighty. They spend a ton of time learning about the body and what that entails. And that's really important for what they do. And I appreciate that, but they never learn anything about business and they have to learn the hard way. So I'm like, how can we make this better? And I came into the day spa business full time after I had babies because my mom gave me a flexible job and I wanted to finish school. And when I got there, I took all the stuff I learned in like retail management, other places, and I applied it to the spa. And that's how we got bigger. It was the systems and processes 
skills and then just her passion and drive. It's a combination of the two. So when I came back, it was in San Diego when I did this and I waited a couple months. And then I finally told my mom, I'm like, I think we should do this. In January, 2017 is when we launched the podcast. So we just started a podcast. I'm like, let's do a podcast. It took a while to convince her. Let's do a podcast. And she has discovered her joy of podcasting. It is so much fun. We sit, we sit in the closet. We are two very... It is a very explicit show. Um, so like, yeah, no. I, we, we, I mean, seriously. And I love it when like podcasters and people are like, oh, you can't use explicitity on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, you can. I do it all the time. People yep. love it. And so we just started growing. Then we took the summer off. We did everything they say not to do in podcasting. We took the summer off because kids were home and we were busy. And, like, and then we started back up in September. And... Um, it was that September startup. We got real serious about it. And all of a sudden, it just started growing, growing, growing. And now it's a really thriving brand. And we super niche it down. We're very specific. We're like, look, we are for an independent spot owner. Like our Facebook group, we have the question, you know, you need to understand we're unconventional spot owners. We love Western medicine. So if you come in here wanting to rub away like appendicitis, it ain't going to happen. We love a good doctor. We love wine. So please don't tell us alcohol's bad. And we curse like sailors. And if you cannot handle that, you can't come in. And we've had people go, oh, I can't handle that. I'm like, then you can't come in. I'm so sorry. And I, right. I, I send them to the universe so they can go join somebody else. I want to zone in on a couple of moments. So much of the feedback that I hear from women entrepreneurs is even though we sort of know that we should, I'm making air quotes, that we should niche down and actually mm-hmm. get really super niche we're a little afraid to because we think that that's going to cut off some dollars. We think that that's actually going to repel people from us and we really want to be able to keep our doors open. So I want to know about the moment when you... And what you did to figure out probably in the moment just before you launched the podcast, figuring out who are you for? What, like, what was your process in figuring out what the niche actually is? So September before I started the podcast, I did the big avatar exercise where I just sat down and I said, okay, remember who my mom was in 1996? And I said, what did that woman need to know? And I, and I asked her and I interviewed her about bunch of questions, Katie, about things like, what were your fears? And she talked about how, granted, this is back in the day, now massage is more socially acceptable, but she had to face like regulations and zone changes. And it was so-called massage parlors, you know, and people thought it was still like, and we still do with this, no, no massages. And we talk about that openly on the show. Like, <laughs> like please, no. You know, we have our Me Too moments too. So, you know, it, it was all about building her. So I said, okay, then she's probably going to be in her early 30s. She's going to be a mom. She's going to have a life change. So I made it, Honestly, the Avatar Kitty, a combination of my mom and myself. And this person came up and I named her Claire after my um, late grandmother because I thought it'd be a nice way to honor her. And I just talked about her and like who she was and what her dreams were. And that's what I said. So anytime I build any kind of content or any kind of program, anything, I'm like, what does Claire need? Now I can say, it's, what does Joanna need? What does Denise need? What is it? Because I have Erica need, you know, and I know where they are. And the other thing I did was a ton of research. So I, I went into every Facebook group I could think of that would let me in about massage therapy and um, skincare because we also help estheticians too and nail techs and anything. And I just started reading stuff. I never commented. I just was a real good stalker. And I just said, okay, what are they talking about? What are their fears? What are they not getting? And what they kept seeing was is that everybody was limiting them. They weren't focusing on things like rebooking. They weren't focusing on things like money management. They weren't focusing on how do I know if I'm profitable or not. They weren't knowing... None of them knew how to price out their services correctly. And no one was telling them how to do this. They were all telling them how to market. And some of that was really bad. And then they were all telling them about different modalities they should learn. And which costs a lot of money. No one was telling them like basic things. So that's what I thought, okay, that's what they need. 
they need that. And then they need my mother, who's still an active massage therapist, who understands what it's like to be with a client one-on-one in a room because it's a really intimate experience. So that's what started first was doing all that research. And then I started seeking out competition. I did competitor analysis. And again, I saw none of them were focusing on us. They were offering things like bundles that looked really awful, like graphics that they were making like in Canva, which I'm going, well, why don't the girls just make them themselves and save money? And then I was like, okay, what kind of service do they need? So I found this company in Australia called Health Anomics, these two girls, and they made beautiful graphics for really inexpensive, like bundles that they could use. Okay, okay, there's a resource my spapreneurs can use. So that was kind of our first like affiliate thing. And then I just listened. I think that was the biggest thing is that I just listened. And then... um when I started releasing content, it was just really slowly. And I started making strategic partners with some of the people I thought were like-minded. Um, so I have to give real clear um, credit to Rebecca Blumfield. Um, her group's name is Badass Body Workers. And um, she's based in Louisiana. And um, you know, she let me go ahead and promote Spapreneur. And she started promoting Spapreneur, the podcast. Because that was the other thing. We started listening to podcasts. And they were all like this kid. They're like, hello, welcome to the Spa Podcast today. And I'm like, boring. I mean, no one... <laughs> Like, why? (laughs) So it should be... This podcasts are fun. I'm like, this is... Day spas should be fun. And I think sometimes when you work in an industry that is supposed to be fun, when you're the worker, you forget that. So that's what I kept seeing was that they needed fun, they needed information, and they needed like real guidance. And they needed somebody... I think this is any entrepreneur, any niche. They need to know that they're not alone. That it's okay when you have a bad day. Like you're gonna have some valleys. It happens to all of us. I don't care how freaking positive you are. There's always times where you're like, oh, and then yeah. you, and then it's just the difference between doing it or not. That's why community is so important. I mean, you know that. That's why your mm-hmm. community is so important because yeah. those women that you serve need to know that it's okay. Mama Katie is here to pick you up. <laughs> all the ups and downs, ladies. All I'm the, giving you the real journey because <laughs> it's true. Like they well, need to know. You know, well, like. It, and that yeah. empowers them and makes, you know, makes, I can't tell you how many times I hear this, like, oh my God, okay. Okay, if Katie can go through that damn moment, okay, cool. Like I can give myself a little grace that I just had, I just got knocked on my butt too, you know? Yeah, or they need to hear like, yes, in 20 minutes, I had to arrange two children to be put differently because that's a, that's the real world. Yeah. And so that's why I think we niched it down because I kept going, what, what would Lynn Graves need? That's my mom's name. What would she have need- needed? She was an independent single massage therapist renting a room. And that's the bulk of them. So I'm going, why aren't people specifically talking to this? And they are, but they're not talking to him fully like grown up business owners. Yes. And nor are they talking to them in your voice either. So yeah. So if you're out there listening about, you know, like, okay, well, I can niche down, I can niche down, I can niche down. And there's still people servicing these folks. And there's still people servicing these folks in kind of similar ways that I might be servicing them. You know, it still ultimately also comes down to how you show up and how you're servicing and what the personality is behind that. Yeah. And we didn't sell to them for a long time. Instead, we just gave value. We just said, here's some free guides. So the first like freebie was this one. Um, it's still really popular. 101 things that you can do to improve your spa for under $100 less. And it's little tips like, for example, we... And I did this because I was tired of always forgetting feminine hygiene products when it was monthly time. So guess what? I stocked the bathrooms with them. That was really more for me. The clients loved it because she didn't have to ask for a tampon or a maxi pad. Yeah. I mean, and it's just a tiny little thing. It's huge, though. Yeah. Um, My mom set up a hair care station with really good products because, you know, we don't have shower facilities for the liability, and it's just a waste of money, to be honest with you. And we're like, here, fix your hair so you can go back to work. 
small little touches like that. We use um, washcloths instead of paper towels. It's more environmentally sound. It's cheaper for us. The clients think it's really upscale. So it's all these little things that we've learned over the years. So what I did was I walked all over the day spa and I said, okay, what's different? What have I seen here that I haven't seen anywhere else? And it was those little things. So I compiled it. I went ahead and paid a really good designer to design it. So it looked really good. And that was the other difference is that I really focused on the branding because everybody else looked homemade. I wanted mine to look really pristine, like really crisp. The language really good. It's still really girly, but it's got kind of a really edge on it, which I really wanted because that's what we wanted. And then we created our first rules. And rule number one is don't F with the money. We actually use the full word. I'm keeping Love it clean it. for I'm keeping it clean for you. Dude, I I am all over the explicit or non-explicit episode. So feel free to say what you need to say. (laughs) Okay, no, seriously. We say don't fuck with the money. So like, and and that's rule number one. And what we mean by that is, and we're really clear about that. We we don't want them to be greedy. We're not about chasing the money. Instead, it's honoring the money. It's honoring your client's time. It's honoring your bills and your debts. If you have employees, making sure you're paying them on time and fully. So that's what we mean by, you know, because honestly, we found that most, most of our people, once they get the money situation under control, so many doors open up. So many. So we talk about profit first because that's the system I use. I brought my profit first professional in to talk to them and it helped her because she made so much more money. So it just, I started bringing resources that weren't day spa resources. So I would bring in somebody like Amber Duggar from Profit First, or I would bring in like things I've learned from your show or other shows and say, look, these are the podcasts you need to listen to. Screw the other spa podcasts. Okay, you're going to get plenty of stuff. If you need to know about those kind of things, that's fine. But you have to get outside of the spa land. And I think that was the strength that we brought. Everybody else is still talking about the same stuff. We were talking about things that nobody else was talking about. So So I'm really interested to know, those are all phenomenal steps on what you did in order to like really start with a big bang and do things intentionally. So I really encourage you, if you didn't really catch all of that, go rewind and go listen to those past 10 minutes or so of like literally the run rundown. You did the avatar exercise, you did the research, competitor analysis, like that yeah. very practical things. And the avatar changed a little bit too. As I, I was... Cl- no, no. Here's the thing. And I think a lot of people skip this. So at first we thought that Claire was a person who was ready to like expand her day spa. And instead, we found out that our Claire is actually someone who is literally like, I'm still in the room. I don't know what to do. So she is that single massage therapist. We originally thought that she would be like, she's ready to maybe add a person on or do something else or expand or things like that. No. Claire is ready to... She's like, I'm in a a room about the size of this closet with a massage table. What do I do? That's where... That was the audience we were attracting. And, and, and we you had know to this adjust. because you kept listening to it. You kept, you kept like opening up your Facebook group. We haven't talked about that yet, but like you ended up yeah. opening your Facebook group. Like you were listening on like getting the feedback from the folks who were listening to your podcast. Now you talk about the fact that you basically just gave tons of free content, tons of free tools, all that sort of stuff for a long time. How long was that? And then how, what was your first move into, Hey, I'm going to make a business out of this. Sure. So the first thing we did was we offered coaching. So we did about three months of just straight full content. We always had a coaching page. We didn't push it too much and people discovered it. And then what I did was a lot of 30 minute, what I call freebie calls. It was really for me to see if I wanted to. And I, again, because I was thinking I was dealing with spot owners rather than independent day spot owners, I priced myself out of my market. So they wouldn't afford my prices. So I'd adjust my prices down and had to say, okay. And I had to adjust things. Like I had this whole thing where it was like, okay, you pay $10,000 for the year and you get like secret shop and you get like, you know, to be here on the podcast. None of them wanted that. They just wanted me for an hour to sit with them in a Zoom room like this and just 
them to talk and me to give advice. That's all they wanted. So once I adjusted that, then I adjusted my price to 125 an hour, which is totally good for me. It's super affordable for them. And then if they... And I use my day spa hack of, look, we do it where we have a membership of our day spa where they buy four grouping of services. They get a little discount. That's what I did. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, people buy this. So I had to use my own advice. So that was one, was private coaching. And I think that's the easiest, lowest hanging through. The other thing we did was, which I thought was really smart, we took the resources we already have. So if you're in a niche where you already have um, systems and processes, package those up and sell them. Get them to look really super cute. So that's what I did. We took our front desk guide that we give to all of our front desk people that I wrote a gazillion years ago. I updated it. It's got scripts and other things to get people rebooked and, and other things. And it was a cute little guide. I think it's like 50 pages. I sell it for 20 bucks on my website. And that went so somewhat well. But that was because it only went somewhat well. That gave me the clue that my audience wasn't ready for the front desk guide because they didn't have a front desk. Interesting. Got it. So because... Yeah. So because it didn't do so well, I'm like, hmm, what do I do? So the next thing I said was, let me do a course. So one thing I kept noticing is that nobody was using email. And that was our main driver at at De-Stress. De-Stress Express is the name of the day spa. And we would send out emails and that's how we would get clients in. We rarely spend money on Facebook advertising. We never spend money on traditional advertising ever. That's like never allowed, according to my parents. (laughs) You know, I think in like 22 years, we maybe have done like two ads, like proper ads and... They were like, okay, never again. So yeah, and it was that. So I did a course and I did it really low tech where I just screen flowed me talking with um, slides I made in Canva. So it wasn't anything complicated. And then what I did was, again, talking about the resources, I took all of our emails that we had ever sent and I looked through them and I picked out the ones I like and I copied them and oh, boom, templates. Ah, uh, Boom, templates. This. And I yep. just did that in a Google Doc. Like I put Spotpreneur on the top and I did it as a Google Doc. And I'm like, sweet, I have a PDF now. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. So that, so yeah, I did spend a designer to spend like for the website and things like that. That was worth the money. But this little freebie, like this kind of thing that goes with the email course, that didn't need to be. And I think I charged like $150 for the email course. And I partnered with uh, with the Badass Body Workers, Rebecca, and she was an affiliate. So I charged like $200 for her audience. She got 50. I got the 150. So I still got my full price. And then it, it sold really well. And I was getting good feedback on it. But it's still wasn't selling. I'm like, okay, I don't think my audience is big enough yet. So that's when in September, I did really focus on the Facebook group and the building. I said, okay, I want to really build my email list because I know email really works. I know this because we did that at de-stress. And I was like, how do I do this? So part of Upreneur and, and, and is he gives you access, Chris Decker gives you access to all of his like, tropical think tank archives. And one of them is Jada Selder. And she's from the Simple Green Smoothie Girls they did like a 21 day challenge where every day they would send people like recipes and, and how to make really healthy green smoothies. And I said, a challenge. Hmm. And I was like, we're about to go into holiday time. And I guarantee you, none of them have thought about a holiday plan. So what I did was I did 31 days, which was probably too long. And I made, again, quick videos, no more than 10 minutes. And I, and I, my, I sat down with my mom and I said, okay, what are all the things that you and I have to do anyway to get ready for holiday? And we listed everything from like language to ordering gift certificates, to ordering supplies, to planning the holiday party for our staff to handle this. So it was like 31 different things on a big Trello board. And I, w- I made up all the emails. And then I said, okay, this is going to be completely free. And, and I probably could have charged for it and it would have done fairly well. I did it for free. And I did some Facebook ads. I put it in different communities. And then when people were asking about, you know, what are you doing for gift certificates? I'm like, well, people are taking this challenge. And that's when it exploded. 
it exploded. Like I've never seen anything like, like it was crazy. Like we would, and this is how I set it up. I had had a landing page for each day on my website. It had the little video um, that was embedded from... I used a Vimeo account and then just had like little resources, maybe one or two. I never did any handouts for this because I'm going, no, I'm not going to go into all that. Just the video. And it was just me talking um, with some slides. I made some cute little slides. And then... I would send it via ConvertKit out to the world. An hour later, I would then have it scheduled to post in the Facebook group. And it exploded. Like People were like, what is this? What's going on? And here's the thing. This is... I guess Facebook was doing something with his algorithm back then because people were starting to go come into the Facebook group because they kept seeing their friends like going, you've got to get in the Spotpreneur group. You've got to get in the Spotpreneur group. And all of a sudden, it. it went from like 200 people to like now it's like 700. Wow. Yeah. And we're really persnickety about who we let in, Katie. Like, we don't just let everybody in. This is important about Nishi is understanding. We knew these women and we asked them, what are you tired about the other spot groups? We hate the negativity. We hate the, you know, when we want to try something new, how they always just poop on it. I'm like, okay, we're never going to allow any of that. And I don't. I'm really clear. And again, we have really three really good things that we do in our group. Number one is the questions. We ask them how he heard about it. And it's a variety of different things. Two is that question I mentioned earlier. You know, you got to know we love wine, we love Western medicine, and we love to curse. If you can handle that, you can't come in. And it immediately lets people know, no, you. this is us. And then the th- third is, did they get that 101 things guide? And a lot of them hadn't. They weren't on our list. So we were able to get their email list and put them into our email thing. Love so that. that's that's what we did. So that way, you know, because Facebook groups are great, but they're rented land. You don't know what's going to happen with them. Yep. Ah. Uh, okay. So I want to know when, in your words of you saying, that's when it blew up. I got a number of what that might mean. I got some sort of like a a tangible something. So our Facebook group went from 200 to 700 quality of our niche folks, which that is a very big deal. Uh, Groups of 10,000, 20,000, group size doesn't really matter. It's the quality of the folks that really matter. So that is a very big deal for you to get quality folks, that many more quality folks. What did that mean for your business model? Like what else blew up and what did that do for your offers or you know whatever other things that your community could really be a part of? So the podcast downloads obviously blew up. We went... Right now, we get an average of 200 downloads an episode a month, which again, seems really small. But let's talk about this. For a super niche show, that is enormous. I have a keynote every week. And then just the engagement, the coaching calls went up. Terrifically. So um, right now, there's a waiting list of about six weeks to get a coaching call with me. So that's awesome. And then what I decided to do was I went and said, Okay, I need to figure out a group way to do this because there are going to be some people who even at the 125 just cannot afford that or want something different. So I came up with this like six pillars idea. And basically, it was a mastermind. I didn't want any more than 10. Eight women originally signed up. One dropped out. So I have seven really highly like focused women. And for the last three months. It's been weekly calls with me. It's been the most fun. I have loved every single one of them. And now they're my like alpha group. I call it my alpha group because anytime I have an idea like, okay, test group, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And the other thing I did was I got comfortable enough to know these a lot of the women, not just in my six pillars group, but also in my community where I personally reached out to them and said, can I give you a call at the end of the year? Um, in December, I, I called like 10 of them. And I just interviewed them for like an hour saying, okay, what do you else do you need from me? What do you want to learn from me? What did you like about the challenge? What else can I do better? And they all said, we just want more access to you. So that's when mm. I said, okay, let me try the six pillars. And every time I try something, I do it small at first because I want to make sure I like it. 
Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than when you're doing something in your business and you hate it. They know it, you know it, it just sucks. So um, now I know I love six pillars. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it and, and do it at a higher rate because I sold out the first one and it was like $300 for the 90 days, which again doesn't seem like a lot of money, but that was a nice time in December for me and the children. I got to yeah. say, you know, yeah. 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 And then um, because I do other things too. And then I, um, this next grant is going to be $500 a person. And the next time I do after that, it'll be a thousand. So you just, and letting people know this is the last time it'll be this price. But the next big thing I'm doing is a paid membership program. So I'm shifting from this free model to the paid model because I realized like, I don't like the launch part of things, Katie. I really hate it. So I'm like, okay, this way I can still do courses. I can do mini workshops. I can do all kinds of fun things. I can do mastermind calls at a larger scale. And they pay me a flat rate a month. And then if they need more access, then they can get more access. And that's right. what I've been focusing on. But I needed to go through all the other stuff because if I started Spotpreneur with a with a membership site, I didn't build any trust with this community. They had no clue who I was. Right. So I had to spend this last year and a half building this trust life factor. And I know so many of us just we we feel like we want that instant success right away. And I'm the same way. And I constantly have to remind myself it takes time. Like if you listen to like um podcasts like um I love the NPR one, Katie How I Built This. I've been listening yeah, to it a lot lately. I love that show. Yeah, because it, especially the women ones, because they're like, okay, like I just listened to the Larabar one. I'm like, oh my God, I love Larabars. The kids eat them. They're so good for you and they're really tasty. And, you know, just her struggles and how back and forth she went on different things. Like, you have to surround yourself with that. So that's why I'm like excited and going, oh, I, I just can't wait for this launch to get off the ground. I mean, you're bursting at the seams. I think that's obvious for you yeah. listening. <laughs> and I guess this is what I really want to make sure that I'm embodying here, which is the fact that like <laughs> going more niche and cutting away what you are not and who you are not for actually really opens things up for more. Because it allows you to go an inch wide and a mile deep. It allows you to go deeper with the needs of those folks who actually you really love serving and you have so much passion for how to serve them better. And you're constantly creating better and more evolved ways on how to serve them. And I would imagine if you're not already thinking this already, I would I know that you are. I would imagine that you're already, even though Clara wasn't the spa owner who was ready to like have the front desk for the most part, I'm sure that there's sort of like the next phase of ladies who are ready to be there and you're going to be ready to serve them there. Yeah, we're already starting to track those. In fact, I had a coaching call with one yesterday. Uh, yeah. So it's just so, so ironic about that. And here's the other thing about niching down is really important. When you get to know your audience, it allows you to turn down opportunities that would actually be bad. So um, we actually were approached in, I want to say around November, right when everything was blowing up by... Um, a really major, I won't say the name, a really major spa scheduler, like one of the biggest ones in the industry. And I knew who they were, but I was like, okay, we've never used them in our spa. And my mom and I have always said, we will never promote anything on our day spa podcast that we have not physically used or gotten recommended. So it was like a five-figure offer for podcasts sponsorship. And so that was like, sweet, let's go. So I posted about it in the group and I said, what do you think? And the list of people who hated it were so long that it was almost hilarious. Like mom and I would go, okay, there's another one. So we actually went back to the company and said, look, these are our members. This is what they're saying about you. Unfortunately, right now, as much as we would love the money, we cannot partner with you because it's not the right thing. We've turned down sponsorship of sponsorship. I mentioned, um, we just recently got approached by 
competitors who were putting together a summit and they wanted to promote the show and we're like, absolutely not. Because we now have the confidence to say, no, you don't get to come on your our show and promote your goods without us fully being 100% invested. And then it also is allowed to... Um, just recently, we were approached by a um, chatbot builder who I really do like. And so she's actually getting us a complimentary chat box for Messenger you know, for our day spot to try out. And then it's something we're going to be able to offer to all of our spotpreneurs. So it allows those kind of openings. But if I had a big, massive group, if I'm trying to like get after all women entrepreneurs, yes, sorry. Uh, first off, that ship has already sailed. There's there's plenty of people <laughs> doing that. There's Katie's so one. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, but nobody... But I'm going day spas. I, you know, you type in day spa, my podcast comes up. Yeah. You know, and that's yep. the way I look at it. So, you know, it allows you to turn on opportunities. It allows you also too to really, when you can set up against your competition. So one of the things, and I think we talked about this off air, Katie, is Groupon. I hate loathe, despise Groupon. I think it's great as a consumer. If you use it as a consumer, right on. But you as a business, if you own a business, you're using Groupon, get out of it now. Because people who buy in Groupon are loyal to Groupon. They are never loyal to that spot. Like that business model does not work. It cannot work as far as it being good for you. Well, there are people in my niche who are experts like me who are using the Groupon model in their own selves and they want me to use that model. And I'm like, no. And I'm flat out able to say by principle, no. So so it allows you, Katie, really to say no to things that you shouldn't be part of too. That's what happens when you niche and you get to know your community. Oh, I love that. I want to point out something here that I think could easily get glazed over, but it's really important. And this go, this is true. This is not just true for like really niching down, but it's also true for building community and really listening to what people really want. I think a lot of people, myself included, have been in the space where you're just like, oh, let me build a community. The more, the merrier. And what can I offer? Right? What can I offer? Or what, what do they need? Right? And your intentions are really good. But we immediately can get sucked into the, oh, that business model is called build a course to this and build the funnel for this and don't trade time for dollars you know that's so bad and what i'm hearing and by the way this is i'm hearing this a lot lately i'm having a lot of these conversations is that i feel like so many people are very intelligently and wisely getting on the phone with their community members with those who are the consumers the customers that they are serving just so they can get to know what it is a, make sure that their thumb is on the pulse of, of those that they are serving. And B, use it as an awesome opportunity to deepen that relationship. And not see it as like a time for dollars type of a thing. But it's like full on like, th- no, this is me getting embedded with my community and to make sure that they get that I, I'm here. Like I ain't going anywhere. This is not just part of a funnel system for me. you know. So I love the fact that you're really talking about that flow that you have and being able to have those one-on-one calls, being able to have this alpha group that because what you have provided for them is so valuable, like they keep in tune with who you are and what you're doing and are able to provide that feedback. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, five out of those six pillar members of my past cohort all came from those calls. Five of them were the of were calls. Yeah. And I didn't try to sell them on there. I just mentioned, by the way, I'm thinking about doing this mastermind. You're going to get an email about it. If you're interested, great. And that's all I said about it during the call. And five of them signed up. So, you know, and, and a few others didn't because they were, it's funny, I, they were doing something with my profit first coach and they were like, I can't do both. I'm like, then wait. Yeah. And then yeah. that's okay too. It's, it's okay to tell your customers, it's not time for you to buy me. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yep. Yep. But totally. when you say that you're building that trust and that like factor so that when, again, now that I'm offering like a monthly subscription service and I'm doing a high price on it, it's going to be not, a full price will be $97. So like the opening strategy is anybody who's purchased anything of mine is going to get a greatly, greatly reduced because I want to give back to them. They invested in me in the beginning and some of the things they invested in are going to be part of this community. So I'm like, okay, here, you've already invested in it. There's no reason for you to pay anymore. Here's the bare minimum just to cover my costs. But, and then the next group, like for the first 30 days, they can get a lifetime access of half price basically. But everybody else, 97 bucks. And I'm going to be unapologetic about it because I know what my numbers are. And that means that with 127 people, I calculated this, I would replace my fiance's teacher income with... Love yeah. That. Yeah. If oh. I can get 127 people. And that seems like a, not a lot of people, but for me, that is a lot of people because my yeah. community is in my, small, but that's okay. So I'm giving myself two to three years to build up to that. If I happen to stumble upon it this first year, amazing. But I just, it, it's all about giving my family and my, the people I'm surrounding with choices. And it's just like, you know, and, but I'm still going to offer like my free workshops, um, you know, webinars. It's just the replays now will be in the community. So if you want the replays, sorry, you got to go in the community. And that's a good trade off. It still means they get me, we're still doing the podcast because as long as we love doing the podcast, but we've already decided summer, we're taking off from the podcast. We're like, look, we have lives and babies and I'm getting married this summer. I have things Woo! to do. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, so it's it's a lot of choices, but I think sometimes we're afraid to niche down because it's an intimacy level. Mm. And sometimes that's a really scary thing. That you know what, I think that that's so true because it forces us to be face to face and to be belly to belly with somebody, which doesn't sound scary what just when you're saying it, but what it does is it really shatters this concept of what an online business is supposed to be, right? Yeah, so exactly. It's like, so it's like, no, you actually need to talk to me, know me and understand what my needs are. And so even though technically we're not sitting at a networking event together and you don't need to look me in the eyes, like you actually kind of do. Like that's still... Those rules still happen here. Exactly. Like I never want anybody to ever invest in any of my programs and feel like their money was wasted. Their time was wasted. That is my biggest like, no. You will, Even if it's a free thing, whether it's listening to my podcast or taking part of a free challenge or my community, I never want to feel like your time is wasted because that's just as valuable than the money. So that's always my big thing. It's like, have I wasted your time or your money? I'm so sorry. What can I do to fix it? And so far, that hasn't happened. I've only had one return. Um, and that was okay. I gladly did it because she was kind of snarky. And I'm like, you know what? Here, I'm going to give you back your money. <laughs> and again, once again, I'm going to use the spot like it's free you to the universe, find another spot guru. Um, you know, and we're really clear about that. We're like, you know what? Honestly, if you don't like us, find another spot guru. We, we'll, we'll give some recommendations. We've done that before. <laughs> Ramona, I'm of the belief system, and this is why I really wanted to have this conversation with you, which has been ridiculously insightful. I'm really of the belief that when you do niche and you specialize, you can go deeper. And therefore, out of that comes deeper relationships, bigger profits, and bigger impact. But it's kind of the counterintuitive thought. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants deeper relationships, bigger impact, and bigger profits, and is really challenged with niching down, whether they just can't see how they could possibly niche down even more, or they're a little afraid to leave some money on the table? What advice would you give to them? 
First up, stop thinking about the money. You have to let go of any thoughts of money. Money will come, but if you're chasing money, this will never work. You will never build authenticity or accountability with your audience. And you have to be, af- can't be afraid of being accountable to your audience. You know, and that's where that intimate relationship is. You, you suddenly become accountable to these people. I'm accountable to these women that I need to give them really good advice so they can feed their families. That's the way I look at it because they are women business owners, oftentimes single moms who are just looking to make a really good living, just like I am. So I am always a reminder of that. If you are struggling with niching down, the first thing I want to say is is that yes, everybody can niche down. I'll give this example. So I actually work for also a podcasting company and I help podcasters all the time because they're always so niche. So we had this one couple and they're like, okay, we want to help Christians, you know, the religious, spiritual people. They're like, I want to help Christians spread their message. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Christian, that's still not niche up. What do you mean it's not niche up? I'm like, there's a thousand different ways to be a Christian in this world. Let's talk about this. Are you talking to moms? Are you talking to dads? Are you talking to women? Are you talking to single women? Are you talking to, you know, married women? Are you talking to married women who are widows? Are you talking to married women who are divorced? Are you talking to married women who have faced adultery? Are you talking to married women who are alcoholics? See what I mean? Like you just start talking and you start... That rabbit hole can go deep, 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 deep if you let it. And the deeper it goes, the better you get. Till finally, specifically go, okay, I want to talk to Christian widows who um, suffer alcoholism in their 50s. That's a niche right there. (laughs) Very specific. (laughs) Okay, that's a really bleak niche. I'm sorry. But it's the same thing as, okay, I want to help bakers. Okay, I want to help vegan bakers. Okay, I want to help vegan bakers in Florida. Wait, I want to help vegan bakers in Tampa. Boom. I want to help vegan bakers in this specific neighborhood in Tampa. Boom, super niche. Yeah. That's how you do it. So you can niche on a lot of different things. You can niche, you know, and I think sometimes in online business, we forget you can still be local. So like we have a worldwide reach, but I really tailor to the United States because that's the market I understand. So number one, I do that. You can niche it to a location. You can niche it to an age group. You can niche it to a gender. Like we have men that are part of us and we welcome them. We're totally girls. Scotland is is built for women. So, you know, we're we're unabashedly apologetic about it. I'm sure there are men that listen to your show, Katie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I call them the the mighty 2%. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Dave Jackson pops in every once in a while. He does, and Dean Akers, and Neil Galarte, and uh, Danny Osmond. I have a lot of amazing yeah. men who listen to the show. But yeah, I, I don't market to men. I, I very specifically and deliberately market to women. Right, exactly. And so, okay, so you take like Katie's brand. She's not only marketing to women. She's marketing to women who want to do an online business. It's typically going to be a lot of moms and a lot of women maybe who are doing career change because that's what she's focused on. Whereas somebody else in the space may be going, well, I want to deal with younger women, millennial women who are right out of college who never want to work for anybody. Okay, those are two different. And, and right. when you talk, it doesn't mean you can't serve that millennial woman, Katie. And I'm sure you have loads of millennials that are listening to you. But it's just a matter of who in the message am I trying to reach? Whose yes. heartstrings am I trying to strung? And yes. for me, it is the independent day spa person, typically a massage therapist or an esthetician, who is looking to make her business more profitable and more functional for her life. Our tagline is we build your business beyond the treatment room. So we never talk about, we do not have CEUs, um, which are like continuing education units. I do that deliberately one, because I don't want anybody telling me how to teach or not to teach. Right. I would make so much more money doing CEUs. Yeah. Because you get but, reimbursed by that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And, and they'll promote you. I don't want to do that. 
So we're like, we're not doing that. And instead we're like, we're going to focus on those best business practices you're not learning. And and one of my spapreneurs, Joanna Gable in um, South Carolina, um, she's in Charleston, South Carolina. If you ever need a massage, go to, uh, it's a bee's knees. There you go. Ah, Plug for Joanna. But um, she told me, she goes, what I love about you, Ramona, is that you understand spa world, but you understand business world. And none of them understand both. And so that was the best compliment to me because I was like, okay, now I know which direction I'm going. So when your audience is telling you specific adjectives that you do, listen to them. Yeah. So I'm encouraging all of you who have an audience, take 10 of them. You know the 10 you like, pick them, take them. If they're local, take them out to lunch, have a girlfriend lunch and chat with them. If they're not local, get them on a Zoom call, call them on your cell. These phones, these, these iPhones, guess what? They are phones. <laughs> you can pick up and call somebody's call phone somebody. number. It's amazing. We also have them. I know this seems unreal. Um, <laughs> you know, we're all living the Jetsons where we're seeing each other, but you know, we're, I'm just like, you can do that and ask them the specific questions. What do you like about me? I think women sometimes are afraid to say that. What do you like about this brand? And mm. then ask, what can I do better? Don't say what you don't like. Just say, is there anything you want me to provide more of? Yeah. Trust me, they'll tell you yeah. and then listen and then act on it and tell them and then send them a note later saying, I did this because of you. And they yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh I love it. This is so actionable. And I got to tell you, you really are the embodiment of everything that I teach, which is <laughs> being intentional with strategy and intentional with your growth and intentional with the offerings that you have, i.e. not splattering stuff out there. And just continuing to lean into that because more and more possibilities come out of that. So Ramona, thank you so much for being so open and sharing with this journey. And I do want to make sure that you hearing listen to the fact that this has not been a long journey so far. I mean, it's still not a lot of money. I'm going to be really clear. It's enough money, but we're not talking like I have had five figure launches or anything crazy like that. And I'm okay with it. You have to know, I'd rather do it slowly. You know, when you have a really good, it's so fun. I'm talking to the vegan talking about this, but a really good (laughs) that says slowly cooked. um, It tastes so much better than something that's been microwaved. So just remember that. Or like macaroni and cheese. Here, you can make good macaroni and cheese. Vegan macaroni and cheese. Yes. You make vegan macaroni and cheese. But you know what I mean? It tastes better. When it's like homemade and it's yes. slow, you take your time versus you just not that the Trader Joe's ones I see you post on Facebook every once in a while. Those so are so good too. <laughs> they're, good, they're not quite the same. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. Take your time, ladies. You do have time. You're not in a rush. Nope. The only time clock you're on is your own. So just that. follow your own time clock. I love that. You have no competition other than your who you were yesterday. That's, yeah. all, that's all you're in this game to do is to be just a little bit better than you were yesterday. Just a little bit more evolved than you were yesterday. Just a, a little more knowledgeable about who you were yesterday. And no. if not, eat a couple pieces of really good dark chocolate. Take some sticks <laughs> of wine and try again tomorrow. Let go. Forget about it. Go have a nice margarita or five and then come yeah. back to it tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ramona, thank you so much. I love you, my dear. And I am just... I love you. This has been so much fun. I'm so privileged that you were here. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, If they want to learn more about Spapreneur, it's, um, you know, Spapreneur. I'm going to spell it. I'll probably... It's funny. I will have have it in the show notes. Don't worry. Here's the thing. I um, am terrified to spell things out loud. For some reason in my brain, you know, you know how those great spelling spelling bees, like... Oh my gosh, you know, they're writing their things on their hands and I'm going, I can't do that. I cannot visualize words. So it's (laughs) Spapreneur.com. Again, I'm on Facebook, of course, Ramona Rice, you can find me. I'm, you know, known and if you want to know podcasting, I do work for a podcast company. We won't say it on here. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, and I'm always willing to, you know, talk to people about this kind of stuff because one, I'm a nerd and I like talking about it. But two, I just think like 
it's a great time to be a woman in business because there's so many more advantages. I look at where my mom started and where we are today. And it's just the best thing we can do for our moms that fought hard for businesses is to continue this going, you know, because you and I both have daughters, which by the way, does she love her cape? I'm just curious. Oh my God. She loves her cape. Oh my God. Ramona and Mark um, sent from podcast websites, sent sent Sedona her own little cape because they saw her wearing mommy's biz women rock cape. And And she was barely like, she was like almost going to trip and fall. I'm like, okay, the baby baby needs her own cape. So I'm like, let's get her. We're like, we need to get her own cape. And Mark, of course, he's a big superhero nerd. He's like, yes. It was perfect. She wears it. It's on her wall and she wears it every day. Like she's stomping around it in it every day. Oh, fantastic. Good. Because every (laughs) girl needs a cape. Every girl needs a cape of some kind. I have a sign on my um, bedroom that I I keep. um, It says, with a tiara and a really good cape, I can rule the world. It's just Uh, true. <laughs> I agree with you. I just about the generational like evolution, like continuing to like put a stake in the ground and doing this work, obviously for us and for those we serve and for our families and every single generation, we get to be a part of moving it all forward. Yeah. Definitely. It's just so. the best privilege I have as a business owner, Katie, is typically every day at 3.30, I am in the carpool pickup line picking up my kids after school. And I'm the person that gets to do that. And there's no way I could do that in a corporate schedule and make the money that I want to. You know, If you want to change the wage gap in America, ladies, guess what? Build a business and say, I'm going to set my own prices. And I guarantee you're undercharging yourself to charge a little bit more. Charge just a tiny bit more. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and on that, we're going to end because I feel like we could be on a soapbox for a little while. <laughs> yeah, we probably could. Yes. Yes. Ramona, I love you. Thank you. I love you, Katie Kubitzos. Yay! Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.